0: Hello, and welcome to day three of random, impromptu coronavirus content. (laughs) I guess that's the best that I can call this. Luckily for all of us, Jen Waldman has been wonderful and gracious with her time, as she always is, and she agreed to record an impromptu episode with me to discuss what may be the long-term effects of all of this on our community and what we can be doing to stay productive and proactive and to be ready to create some change on the other side of this. Obviously, neither Jen nor I have any way of knowing what the fallout will be from all of this and what our new normal is going to look like on the other side of this. But I hope that today's episode gives you some ideas and helps you feel a little bit more empowered to continue moving through this. And I also wanted to say that for now, it's looking like this is probably going to be the last of this type of content from me. Starting next week, I'll be releasing more of the previously scheduled content that I had created before all of this began. Trust me, I think it's all still incredibly relevant. We're talking about some pretty long-term things that we can all be working on to give our careers longevity and be more intentional with our change-making. So I certainly think it's still relevant, and I'm sure you will still enjoy it. But for now, let's check in with Jen Waldman. Hello, Jen Waldman. Thank you so much for taking some time to have this conversation today. It is
1: my pleasure, Lily.
0: (laughs) I am picking the brains of all of my favorite brilliant humans who might have some idea what we should be doing, could be doing, can be doing, might be doing during this abundance of time that we find ourselves with. And so, of course, I thought of you. (laughs)
1: Well, uh, should I say I'm I'm glad you thought of me during a time of chaos? I don't know.
0: (laughs) True, true. It's an odd compliment, I suppose. So I suppose I wanted to address, A, some things that people can be doing during this time to remain productive and to be able to look back on this time and feel proud of what they did rather than feel like, wow, I just wasted however many weeks of my life this ends up being. And also, you know, to have a conversation around what this means for our industry, which I know is definitely an impossible question, but ways that we can try to be optimistic and proactive in what the future might hold for us.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, these are yeah, all small really
0: questions. questions.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like I should just say out loud that I'm answering all of these off the cuff. I mean, there hasn't been enough time to even begin to process right. what any of this is going to really mean moving forward because day to day, the circumstances are shifting. But I, I you know, I'll do my best. That's all we can ask. So can I answer the questions in reverse order? <laughs>
0: Of course, I would expect nothing else from you than switching up the order.
1: <laughs> okay, so what does this mean for our industry? Nobody knows. Right. But the only thing I feel like we do know is that the industry that existed yesterday no longer exists. Yeah. That the industry of tomorrow is a new normal. Mm-hmm. And. Many of us are going to fall victim to wanting to hold tightly to something that is gone because we know what we had and we don't know what the future holds. Yeah. I've been doing a lot of chatting with Drew Whatkey, the brilliant Drew Whatkey, about this. And actually, Peter and I recorded an episode of our own podcast yesterday discussing this. There is a difference between being an optimist and living in a fantasy world.
0: Oh, yes.
1: In order to be an optimist, you must embrace reality. Yes. Because the only way to change things, to move forward, is to be in touch with what is real. And so there's an ironic twist to this whole story that, I mean, I I can't say I'm happy about it, but I can just say that... I'm watching people finally come to this moment. For years, we've been having a conversation at the studio about the reality Mm -hmm. of working in the theater industry, the numbers that don't lie about how many people are employed on any given day and of those employed people, how many of them are making a living wage working in the theater. And the numbers are terrible. But because there was not any pressure to believe in reality, many of our friends and colleagues and fellow artists were living in a fantasy world about what was possible. This is shocking everyone into a, a moment of understanding that the future is uncertain. Mm-hmm. But I gotta say like looking back at the past just for a moment. The past was uncertain too.
0: <laughs> it's so true.
1: Yeah. So what does it mean for our industry? I mean, look, I was an artistic director of a nonprofit theater company in the mid-teens of the 21st century, and we were still feeling the fallout from the 2008 financial crisis. So the, the dominoes fall for many, many years to come. Who knows? I think we're going to see a lot of theaters closing, a lot of the shows yeah. that closed. I'm curious to see if they'll ever reopen. I mm-hmm. think we're going to have some major funding issues with uh, organizations that many theaters used to rely on for mm-hmm. grants. So in the fall, it's going to be pretty epic. I mean, I hate to paint a doomsday picture, but again, I want us to ground ourselves in reality so that we can move on to your next question, which is like, what can we do right during this time?
0: Yeah, I think this is such an important point about being realistic. You know, I'm kind of flipping what you said a little bit, which is that being realistic doesn't mean you're not optimistic. Oh, not at all. that you can't you have to be both of those things. And that it doesn't, you know, necessarily, no, I'm going to amend that. It doesn't benefit us to put our heads in the sand and say, everything will be fine, everything will be fine. Instead, to take an important look at the reality of the situation, about what this probably means for our future, so that we can be productive, we can be optimistic, and we can start to create some of the change that we were talking about before all of this happened but we felt like the industry was just too ingrained in its old ways. Yes.
1: And you know maybe we need to define what we mean when we're saying optimism. You know, optimism comes in a lot of different forms mm-hmm. for some people that might mean look on the bright side or you know mm-hmm. believe that the best is possible. For me in this moment, optimism Means a belief that tomorrow could be better than today if we worked at it. Ooh, yes, that's a great definition. I love that. And so when I think about all of these artists, I mean, whoa, the reality is one day we we had artists employed and the next day we didn't. right. And I mean I mean artists on, on like an epic scale. Mm-hmm. And so what could we be doing during this time? is recognizing the reality that it is going to take years for our industry to build something. I don't know if our industry will recover or rebuild, but it's going to build something. Right. And if the idea that I keep hearing both online and in conversations, like we're going to get through this, it's like we, we are going to get through it. But what is on the other side of through is not Going to look familiar. So, in this time, I think we could all be assessing what is my actual skill set? Yes. And I've been using my skill set in one particular arena. What might it look like for me to move my skill set into a different arena? So, as an example, actors are master storytellers. Mm -hmm. They are excellent communicators. Mm -hmm. They are wonderful at cultivating empathy. They know how to use their voice and their body to communicate clearly. Many are able to write or to make writing better. So that's just like a short list, but the list goes on and on and on of all these skills. And actors have chosen to apply those skills in the theater or on film, or on TV. What might it look like to transfer those skills into a different industry, a different arena? And I think a lot of people are going to have to accept and maybe even, dare I say, embrace Mm -hmm. the idea that their skill set is transferable.
0: Yes. I mean, is this just not every other episode of TDQ that's ever happened? <laughs> it really, I mean, this is, talk about parallel careers, right? Truly, exactly, and you know, we talk about the fact that something that limits artists so much of the time from starting something like a parallel career is this really limiting belief that our skills that we have as artists are not transferable to anything else, and that's just not the case, especially nowadays where so many of the skills that you just laid out are highly valued. And, you know, believing that the only way to utilize these skills is by being a theater artist or, you know, a film actor or whatever the case may be, is really truly limiting. And I think, you know, now that people's feet are going to be held to the fire a little bit, perhaps we can all enter this new phase of life with a more open mind of how we might utilize those skills. Yeah, you know,
1: I've been watching something go on in my studio's discussion forum, which has been mm-hmm. both heartwarming and pretty enlightening for me. So we've got all of these incredible artists in the studio community who in this moment of crisis, first of all, want to be generous, which I love right, and need to sustain their lives because all of their employment has vanished overnight. right. And so what I'm seeing is artists Offering their artistic services at discounted rates mm-hmm. or sliding scales for other artists, which is incredibly generous. It's heartwarming to see. It gives me hope for the future.
0: Yeah.
1: And if I think about the concepts in Seth Godin's book, This Is Marketing, one of which mm-hmm. is smallest viable Audience, yeah. I see artists making their lives more challenging by marketing to an audience that right now is not a viable audience rather than identifying the smallest viable audience.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's such a good point because I think in the past we've really focused on the smallest part of that being, you know, getting really specific about the smallest group of people that you could offer these things to. And now we're focusing on the viable part of it of who truly realistically has the ability to pay you for your services right now. That's right. Exactly. And this is where
1: identifying how your skills might be transferable mm-hmm. is really, really important. So, I would love to see people during this time. I think you said, How can we remain productive? Mm-hmm. I think we got to focus on producing. Yeah. <laughs> producing something new that is going to carry you forward when the dust begins to settle from this current chaos. And then another question you asked was how how might we come out of this feeling proud of how we behaved in it? So you asked something to that effect.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, um don't let me get too high up on a soapbox here. Oh, get on up there. But science is science. And right now I'm watching people. Do what I would call cover your ass marketing, Mm. which is we're staying open because we want to bring our community together and we're, you know, we're washing things and please don't come down on us for not following any of the safety precautions that are being laid out by scientists because what we're trying to do is bring people together. It's like, no. Yeah. Science. Shut it down. Mm -hmm. So on the individual level, what I'd like to see people do in order to feel proud of how they showed up in this is imagine the most vulnerable people. Yeah. And then behave in a way that would make them feel safe.
0: Yeah. That's such a good way to phrase that. Ugh. sorry. I'm just processing that. These are
1: crazy times, Lily.
0: It just really, really is. It's Truly, just one of the craziest things I can imagine. And, you know, who could have ever known that we would be having this conversation right now? And I just really appreciate you taking the time to have this conversation with me and to help me get content out there that you know, I I said this to you privately, but I just was like, I cannot possibly post something about making it the best audition season ever. And about all of these things that right now are completely just like not what we need. And I am just so grateful to everyone who has stepped up and said, you know, I have something I want to say. I have something I want to share. And no one can know What everyone needs right now, and what will be the most helpful thing. But the fact that we're talking about it and we're trying to have the difficult conversations, and, you know, we're throwing our two cents in just means the world to me. So I would love to, you know, use you as kind of an example and talk a little bit about what the studio is doing for this month now that you've made the difficult decision to close. Okay, well.
1: I have to say, it wasn't even a difficult decision. It was the only possible decision. True. Uh, So what we are doing, there are a couple of exciting things, actually, that are going to come out of this. Yes. We have an all hands on deck meeting on Monday with all of our teachers and staff. And what we are doing is with the understanding that People who have a highly trained and highly honed skill set need to use it Mm -hmm. in order for that skill set to not begin degrading. And this is, you know, this is science. This is not just whim. This is real for all of you singers, dancers, Mm -hmm. actors. You've got to be using your skill set even in this time off in order to keep it sharp. We are building essentially like an online learning opportunity that's not going to replace in-person classes. You can't replace them, but you can certainly supplement them. And one of the things that is our directive at the studio in the in-person classes is keep it intimate, keep it personal. Mm -hmm. And what we're about to build, we want to serve as many artists as possible. And the idea is high volume, low cost. So we're trying to, with everything we do, we're going to see how how can we get as many people as possible to be able to participate in order to keep the costs so, so, so low? So more on that, hopefully in the next week or so. And then the other thing is, at the beginning of the year, I made this commitment to leak the content to be more generous, sharing what's going on inside the studio. And I guess an ironic twist here is that prior to this outbreak, I had chosen the book of the month for our March reading discussion group. And that is The Art of Possibility by Benjamin and Rosamond Zander. And as I was rereading it to get ready for the discussion group, I was like, oh my gosh, even just the introduction, it might as well be speaking to this very moment that we're living in right now. So I decided that we will open the book discussion group to anyone, whether you're in the studio or outside the studio who wants to participate, it's going to be a zoom meeting. Uh, I will send you a link to put in the show notes slowly. So you can invite your audience and, but I'll tell you exactly when it's taking place is Thursday, March 26th at 10 AM Eastern time. And this is online and Essentially, what we do with these books is I pick a book every month, we read it, and then we apply the ideas and principles or concepts in the book to what is going on in our industry in that moment. So this should be a pretty interesting
0: discussion. Yes, most definitely. I have been to a few of the book clubs in the past, and they're always just, I leave feeling so inspired and just lit up and excited and so especially if right now you are feeling a you know alone and isolated this is a great opportunity to feel like you can connect with other people but i also think spending a lot of time alone and a lot of time inside tends to leave at least me feeling pretty lethargic yeah And I think a discussion like this is really going to light you up, get your juices flowing, and get you thinking creatively. So I can't recommend this enough. I think it's a wonderful idea. And I'm so grateful that you are opening it up to the entire artistic community and TDQ's listeners. And I just really appreciate that. And I hope that some of you listening will join us.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be pretty pretty intense. Uh, you know, the, the catchphrase of the book group is a community that reads together, leads together. And I really believe that to be true, that in this moment, especially I know that from where I'm sitting, I am craving leadership. I'm looking for someone yeah. to step up and say, I have a vision of the future. Follow me there. Yeah. And very often it's people who do not hold titles, who aren't sitting in these official seats of authority, who step up in moments of crisis as the leaders we really need with great innovative ideas. So um, my hope is that as we as a community come together and, and talk about the issues that we're facing and look for creative, innovative solutions that we will be able to be the leaders we wish we had.
0: Yes. oh, I love that so much. I will definitely be linking the date, time, book title, link, all the information you need in the show notes to join us. So please, please do if you're free, which I imagine you are. <laughs> <laughs> Not too much to be doing right now. But seriously, Jen, thank you so much for taking your time to do this. I know that everyone listening is just so relieved to hear from you and inspired. And, you know, just again, hearing uh, someone in a leadership position of any kind, share what you're thinking, where you're coming from, even though there are so many unknowns right now. And obviously, there's no way to know, you know, which way things are going to go. But hearing someone else's perspective and getting some ideas and hearing about some exciting opportunities and things to come is definitely pretty fueling to me. So thank you so much for doing this. It is my pleasure, Lily. We will indeed get through this. And when
1: we do, we will have a lot of envisioning and building to do. So I am looking forward to co-creating whatever our future is with the artists who are listening to this podcast right now.
0: Amen to that. I really hope that you will consider joining us Thursday, March 26th at 10 a.m. Eastern Time on Zoom to discuss the book, The Art of Possibility. I'll be linking all of that information in the show notes. The book is available as an ebook online so you don't have to wait for delivery or as an audiobook. If you don't feel like spending money on the book right now, I understand it could be a great time for you to do an audible trial and get access to the book for free during that free trial. And even if you don't have time to read the book or you can't figure out a way to make it work, come to the book club anyway. It will be a great opportunity for community and to get some ideas flowing and get some inspiration and feel jazzed and reinvigorated. So I really hope that you will be there. I know I will. As Jen and I mentioned during today's episode, obviously neither of us knows what the future holds, but I hope that you'll take some of what was said in today's episode to heart. And while I did say that this was the last episode of its kind for now, if there's anything else that you feel like you need in this moment or you really wanna hear about right now, feel free to reach out on Instagram at thedreadedquestion or send me an email at the dreaded question podcast at gmail.com and let me know what it is you are craving hearing right now. I was intending to end season two within the next two weeks but now I'm kind of thinking I'll keep the content going I'll try to record remotely as much as possible, but you also may end up with a couple more solo episodes with me. And for those episodes, I want to be creating the type of content that you want to hear and talking about the things that matter to you right now. So definitely let me know. Thank you as always for listening, and I hope that you enjoyed today's episode with Jen Waldman.